Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. This podcast is presented by General Sports Worldwide and the clubhousecareers.com. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path. We're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now, under our guests this week. Getting into the sports business is often about taking risk. Our next guest took a risk right after graduation and moved to a city with the dream of pursuing a career in sports. Our next guest did just that, and I was excited to have Mike Brown, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Travis. I've watched a few episodes and I'm excited to be here. No, Mike, it's uh, it's certainly always excited to talk about your career journey. We'll certainly talk about how we even work together you know, almost 13, 14 years ago, and we've always continued to stay close, which is this industry as a whole. And, you know, for your journey, you know, you and I are similar. We both grew up in Ohio. You end up receiving a degree in sports administration from Kent State University. As you think back to your time then, Mike, what did you think you wanted to do? Yeah, originally I, I wanted to uh, be a broadcaster on ESPN. I, I studied uh, broadcast journalism to start and um, moved around a little bit in, 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 in between different majors. And I, I think I landed with sport administration because it was an opportunity to work in pro sports and, and really uh, had a passion from that since I was a kid. And so um, that was an opportunity I was able, able to pursue, had good, really, uh, really good leadership at Kent State who explained to me all the different paths you can go in in pro sports. And so I wanted to pursue that. Well, you know, I don't want to tell your leadership there in, in Charlotte, but depending on how this podcast goes, you may have another 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 pumping down the road from ESPN. So <laughs> who knows what could happen? Well, as you're graduating, Mike, and, and you're thinking about what's next, why why did you take that risk and, and move all the way to Atlanta to work for the Hawks and the then Thrashers, starting in an entry level sales role, making 10 bucks an hour? Yeah, um, I wish I could say that it was just because of the the strong leadership that was there already and things of the sort, but I was so young. I just didn't know how important that was. I had some family that was in Atlanta and I, I tell people all the time, I fell into a really good situation with the leaders that we had there in Atlanta. Um, and it, it's, it's helped my career all the way through where, where I'm at today, but uh, just to start there, but yeah, I love the city of Atlanta. I had some family there. Um, and uh, had an interview with a, a couple of leaders there that talked about what they were building and, and um, building from the ground up from their inside sales department. And so um, that was the opportunity I wanted to jump at. No, absolutely. And, you know, Mike, even back then, you know, I, I met you on your, your, your first day or even your interview. And one of the many attributes I've always respected about you, not only then, but, you know, throughout your career is your willingness to take risk, which we'll dive into. What's your advice to listeners on being willing to take a risk? Yeah, my my dad's given me feedback since I was a kid. Um, there, there's a famous quote that says, "It's okay to lose to an opponent. You must not lose to fear." And um, and and so for for me, it was about jumping at the best opportunities that I could potentially jump at. Um, moving to Atlanta and hearing from the leaders that they had there, as far as how many people had come from that inside sales program and where they're at in their careers at that point, um, it was definitely something I said. You know what? 
I want to jump at this opportunity. And I, I think another thing I'd say is being from Ohio uh, and the area I'm from, you know, I just, I didn't want to be in a position where I had to go back home. And so, um, you know, a lot of times moving away from home can be seen as a good start to success. And so that was something that was important to me. No, absolutely. And, you know, back to your Atlanta days, you start off as an entry-level seller in inside sales. You have really eight months to prove it, sink or swim. And so thinking back to your time then, what is something you know now that you wish you would have known then that would have definitely even helped you start even quicker uh, than you already have? Yeah, I think in Atlanta back then, you remember, I mean, we, we really preached hustle, you know, work as many or, or make as many dials as you possibly can. It was a, it was a tough sell. Um, at that point. And, and, and I think that was something that I excelled at was really hustling in the office. But looking back, um, I tell people as part of my story, I'm probably one of the few people in the position I'm in today that as a start, I wasn't promoted right out of inside sales. And, and quite frankly, I, I worked really hard. I had decent numbers, but we had a really good group uh, of people there that, um, that, that were able to excel. And I think as I look back and reflected, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because I, I looked at it and I said, well, looking at these eight to 12 months, yes, I've been really successful. Yes, I, I've hustled and, and that's the top of the hustle board every 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 week. But um, we had two teams. We have Hawks and Thrashers. Yep. Um, so at that point, I think it was 44 hockey, 44 basketball. And I surely made every basketball game and I made every hockey game that maybe I was assigned. And, and looking back, I'm like, yep. man, if I could have just dedicated – those eight months to just my career and said, Hey, I'm going to make it to every hockey game, every, um, every basketball game. I'm going to volunteer for every event that I possibly can. Um, not only will I continue to learn and grow, but maybe more opportunities come. And so I took that on to the opportunity I had in Tampa and, and, and really learned from that. And uh, that's when my career really took off. Yeah. It's, a, it's certainly in this business all about going above and beyond. And, you know, we've already talked here in just the first few minutes of this podcast, the value of people and, and not only, we both uh, were, were very fortunate to be around a lot of great people in Atlanta, but you know, through that was obviously some close connections with in a couple past 52 weeks of hustle guests and Ben Milsom and, and Dino. And, you know, after having success with Atlanta, you go to the NFL to work for the Tampa Bay Bucks and you spend two years selling premium seating at a high level before getting into leadership. How'd you know leadership was the right fit for you? Yeah, that was a big piece of what started in Atlanta for me. Um, having, you know, Jonathan Tillman and Corey Breton and Brendan Donahue and those guys and, and even yourself as, as mentors uh, and understanding what their goals were um, and understanding how important it was to work for the right people um, was was ultra important to me. But I, I think the one thing I took away from Atlanta, but then also that transition to Tampa um, was understanding what your why was. We were fortunate to work for leaders who it wasn't about the paycheck. It wasn't about just the, the, the revenue production, things of the sort, but they were most proud of the people that grew under their tree. And I remember once I joined Legends, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, Corey Breton still has my mini basketball from the Atlanta Hawks at his house. Right. And that's what he's most proud of is all the people who came from his, under his lineage and, um, you know, where they are today. And so I, I, I parlayed that for myself and said, you know what, that's something that I want to build is, is kind of a leadership tree under me yeah. of people that I was able to get from the beginning and, um, and help them grow in their careers for themselves. 
Well, that's awesome, Mike. And, you know, another risk is as you once again left kind of that that comfort spot and, you know, no different in Ohio. I grew up in the same way, right? Everybody was kind of just comfortable and, you know, they're, they're content kind of staying around close. And you have, you know, you're having success in Atlanta. You have success in Tampa. You go to something brand new with the Memphis Grizzlies. You become the manager of inside sales. Then over five years at the Grizzlies, you hold three different roles, including your last one as director of ticket sales and service. And what's something you learned from your experience as a key takeaway for anyone wanting to get into leadership one day? Yeah, I think, you know, when I first got there and first job in leadership, I was fortunate that every NBA team has an NBA league rep. And my league rep was Brendan Donahue, who was a familiar name from my days in Atlanta. So someone I was comfortable with, um, someone I was I was open with and, and felt and trusted uh, that they can help me get the things I needed. And, and I come from two really similar cultures and going to Memphis, it was a slightly different culture than what I was accustomed to. And so the first thing I learned was, you know, Brendan telling me, hey, listen, everyone's not going to be exactly like you. You're going to have to coach everyone differently to what their skill sets are. Um, and, and two, there's not just one way to be successful. Right. And so. Um, when I got to, to Memphis, I think the first thing I learned was not only that piece, but also I thought, OK, I'll go here. I'll go here. I'll tell I'll show people how to sell. We'll be successful. We'll put up numbers and that will be it. Not understanding you spend most of your time together in an office. And a lot of these folks, as you mentioned, Travis, are moving from other states, moving from other areas. And and you're almost that that. Uh, you know, that 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 leadership that they had at home with mom and dad almost, right? You're the you're their uh, confidant, things of that sort of times. And so um, I had to learn that, hey, I'm going to be so much more than just your boss or whatever the case. I need to play a bigger role to to make them successful ultimately as they start their careers. No, absolutely. Well, well, Mike, as, as you were building up a, a great leadership profile and you had spent a lot of time NBA and NFL and back to the NBA, now a brand new move, which is we talked about Corey Breton, the, the first ever guest on 52 Weeks of Hustle and, and certainly a big mentor of mine as well. You move out to L.A. working on the L.A. Stadium and Entertainment District at Hollywood Park with Legends. How was that overall experience for you? Oh, it was awesome. It was the best. It, it, you know, it's funny because Memphis was a place where we were having a lot of success. Uh, we were trying a lot of new things um, and we were being really innovative. And that was a place where I was really comfortable at. And I think, um, you know, the leaders that they had there entrusted me and I entrusted them as far as growing my career, but also um, allowing allowing me to kind of flourish in some new things that I wanted to try. Joining Legends, I, I always had a huge respect, level of respect for what they'd done at previous projects. The leaders there, and Mike Andreco, Todd Fleming, Chad Estes, the, lead, the list goes on and on. Um, They've had a lot of success and well-respected in the industry, but I didn't know exactly what to expect going into the project life. And it's kind of a it's kind of a scary move, right? It's a three to four year project. There's no guarantee of of what's next after the project ends, but it ended up being the best thing I could have done for my career. I mean, I didn't know the magnitude of what that project would be prior to taking on the opportunity, Um, but having great Kish there to and Mike Forster there to say, hey, listen, we're going to take you under our wing. We're going to show you the legend's way and you're going to have success. I couldn't have been happier with the decision. Yeah. And, and it worked out perfect because then you after that three, four year project, 
You end up staying with Legend, this time bringing you back to the home state of Ohio to work on the Columbus Crew new stadium project. So how exciting was that for you and your family to get back to Ohio? Yeah, it's funny. You know, Legends is a company that entrusts their 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 people. And when I had a conversation with Todd Fleming, he's like, hey, man, you're from Ohio, right? What are your thoughts on moving back and going to Columbus and leading this project as vice president? I'm like, whoa. You know, I didn't anticipate that that opportunity to come up, but it, they entrust their people. And 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 from Todd's perspective, he's like, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna help you, you know, develop this thing, kick this thing off, and get your feet wet. And you're gonna be in a good spot. And that's exactly what he did. So um, I couldn't be more appreciative to to that group to entrust that that project with me. Um, but it exposed exposed me to so much more because. You know, a lot of times on a lot of times you when you're in lower leadership positions, you don't get a chance to interact with the ownership group and the executive leadership group and things of the sort. Um, whereas when you join the project side and the agency side, that's a lot of what you're doing. And so I went from a manager on SoFi's project to vice president on on this project. And uh, again, learned a lot by fire and, and couldn't have had a better leadership group there with me to, to um, lead us to success. No, that's awesome. Well, many times, Mike, as you know, in this industry, industry, it's all about timing. And so after three years in Columbus, you get the call to go to Tepper Sports and Entertainment to be the vice president of ticket sales and service for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. And so why was that the right move for you? Yeah, I think it was perfect. And from, from a, a few different angles, I think one, we talked a little bit prior to getting started, you know, with my daughter going to, to middle school and things of the sort, we, we said, okay, my wife and I said, we want to get into a spot where we feel confident we could stay long term. And um, I, I'm forever indebted to, to legends for what the opportunities that they've given me and, and the the leadership and the um, mentors that I have there are still my mentors today. And so I had some conversations with some of the leaders over there and explained just from a personal standpoint what some of our family goals were and, and got the complete support from from everyone over there. And so um, I looked at it from that perspective, but also. The way things just fell into place timing wise, I just come off an NFL project, just did the um, MLS project with Hazen Sports Group and uh, Columbus Crew opening that new stadium. So this was an opportunity to oversee football and soccer. Um, And I'd I'd heard a lot about Jake Burns and Joe LeBou uh, over over my career. And so having an opportunity to go and and work for some of those leaders um, in the industry and, and especially on the soccer side, just launching that team for the first year. Um, it just seemed like it checked all the boxes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Mike Brown, Vice President of Ticket Sales and Service for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. And Mike, let's get into three hot topics. You know, first question one, as we discussed, you've been part of several very big buildings of stadiums and ultimately business development sales teams. What's the most unique thing you've seen throughout the builds that you believe every venue should look to incorporate? Yeah, I think a lot of these new stadiums, you're seeing less general seating and more premium. And so, you know, on the last several projects, especially from a legend standpoint that, they, that they've done, you're seeing more and more loge boxes going in the, into uh, these new venues. And people are really attracted to what that experience seems to look like. And it seems like every one of the projects that I've been a part of or, or have listened in on, there's always a key takeaway of, man, if we could have done more loge boxes, we would have done so. And so um, that's the huge thing that I think is, is, is a big part of the future of um, what new builds will look like. Awesome. And in question two in this business, we constantly talk about being efficient and effective. And you're currently overseeing, to your point, two professional franchises, a lot of moving pieces, a lot going on. What's your advice to listeners on being able to prioritize to, to ensure that they are efficient and effective? Yeah, I think the first thing is plan your day and understand that it's not going to go the way the way that you pre-planned it. Um, but anytime that I go into a day where I have a game plan of exactly what I want to accomplish, who I want to speak with, you can get caught up in the whirlwind of meetings, but having a checklist of things that, hey, before I leave, I know I want to get these things accomplished has helped me a ton. And again, I stepped into a really good situation where I had uh, three or four directors that were already in place, been here for some time um, and knew exactly and you know how to run their day to day. And so having those leaders uh, alongside of me and working under underneath me has helped this transition um, tremendously. And I think one of the big pieces of advice on that end is being willing to to pivot. You've got to be flexible in this business. Not everything, to your point, is going to go the way you exactly planned it, but can you pivot quickly? And finally, Mike, question three, we've talked about working for the right people, and we've talked a lot about the value of people and, and knowing they will care about you, both personally and professionally, invest in you and your career. What's your advice on finding a mentor or mentors early on in your career? Yeah, anytime you can do so, do it. Um, I think for for younger folks that are still in college, things of the sort, I encourage reaching out on LinkedIn as much as you possibly can. Ask someone, can I pick your brain for 20 minutes and just learn a little bit more about their story? But even on top of that, just having someone sit in our office is not is not a huge stressor for, for teams. And so I always advise um, young professionals getting in this industry reach out to teams, ask, hey, would, would you allow me to come spend the day with you? Um, you'd be surprised, at, especially at the entry level, how much you can soak up from those people who become your long-term mentors. A lot of the mentors that I mentioned, even, even on this podcast here, Travis, I've, I've, we've stayed connected for the last 15 years, right? And so um, and I think lastly, a major part of that is I haven't made one move without reaching back to those mentors saying, hey, listen, what do you think of this? What's your thoughts on this and, and being able to entrust in them that they're going to give me uh, the proper advice. And so I can't I can't speak uh, enough to how important that is in career. Yeah. Certainly mentorship is always important. And to your point, it's like, are you willing to differentiate yourself? Are you doing something else that somebody's not doing? And a lot of people, sure. if you're in college right now, they're just content taking the classes, maybe getting that one internship. How many internships, how many job shadows you're getting are going to go a long way. And so, Mike. What a great career you've already had. As you think back, what's been your best memory? 
you know, I've again, I've said it a couple of times. I've just been really fortunate to be around some some of the people that I respect most in this industry. And um, uh, some of my best memories are just really being a sales rep, being one of the guys, so to speak, and all understanding. You, you mentioned Atlanta and Tampa, especially as a seller. All of us were all seeking a lot of the same goals. We just wanted to grow in our careers. And yep. um, and we were part of the grind that we were open to, you know, doing pretty much anything to make sure that we were able to continue to grow. And so um, those relationships have have stemmed over several years now to where a lot of us are now managers, directors, vice presidents and presidents of our own organizations. And so um, just to see where those relationships started are some of my most fondest memories. Absolutely. Well, Mike, ton of great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey. And to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. If you could have any actor play your life in a movie, who would it be? I guess it's got it's got to be Denzel Washington for me. I mean, he he seems like he doesn't miss uh, yeah. every role that he's played. You know, pretty much, especially if he's acting as someone um, has been a hit. And so, selfishly, I think I'd have to go with Denzel Washington. Love it. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? I think moving to Charlotte. Um, I think. You know, my wife and I have been spoiled with some of the cities that we've lived in. We've been able to avoid the 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 uh, the snow and some of the inclement weather. And even moving to Columbus, it's not doesn't snow as bad as it does in Northeast Ohio. And <laughs> yeah. so, um, you know, but I think for for us, you know, we really want to settle in and buy a home and know that we can make home improvements and and that we'll be there for five, ten right. years, things of that sort. And so, yeah. um, that was one thing on our bucket list we wanted to accomplish, and this opportunity came up. Awesome. And if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? Who would be my first guest? I, I think it would be Yao Williams. Um, Yao's a, a, a friend of mine, a Cleveland, Ohio native, yep. um, but has been a little bit everywhere. What's unique about his story is he came from the ticketing world in Charlotte, transitioned over to sponsorship. So there's not not very often where you see that transition. He's worked international um, and in and, and, China and Europe, things of sort. Um, and now he's in the esports gaming space. And so uh, he's got a lot to share. Every time I'm on the phone with him, I'm inspired that I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. And so I, I think I started off with him. For all our 52 Weeks of Hustle loyal listeners, you know, sneak peek in season four, he'll be a guest. Um, nice. So, so everybody will certainly looking, looking forward to that. But it won't take away from your talk show either, Mike. Um, <laughs> Well, Mike, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Uh, one, don't be afraid of the unknown. Um, working in this industry, you, you're never really ready for the next opportunity until you yeah. get there and realize that um, that this is no different than what we've been doing our whole lives. If you were an athlete, there was a transition going from JV to varsity or um, from eighth grade to high school, things of that yeah. sort. And so you're, you're never going to feel like you're you're truly ready, but you have to entrust in yourself that um, you're going to be able to adapt. Um, always compete to be the best. Um, I think for, for me, that's that's competing with yourself. That's competing with um, your your peers. That's competing to challenge your your, your staff and your group to, to be the best that they can possibly be. Um I, I think taking a step back and kind of enjoying what we actually do is it's hard to do sometimes, but it's always a piece of advice that I, that I tell people, you know, we're, 
as we as we encourage people to come out onto the pitch during appointments and things of the sort, sometimes we lose sight that we work here. We do this for a, 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 on a daily basis. But when you see fans, they're always pulling out their phones and they're they're taking yep. selfies yeah. and video and because they never get a chance to really do this. And so taking a step back and smelling the roses is um, is always imperative and advice that I always give. Awesome. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Such a great career already. Always a pleasure talking to you. I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Travis. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.